This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. We are coming to you on Sunday, September 18th, just a mere moments, seconds, Brendan, after the Cubs drop the finale with the Rockies. So the Rockies pick up two of three at beautiful historic Wrigley Field this weekend. Cookie Monster singing the stretch, not enough to bring home the W on Sunday, Brendan. I know, a little disappointed, but a quality performance by the Cookie Monster. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's a veteran yeah. now Not of, his fault. of the seventh inning yeah, stretch. Uh, JD gets very excited and very happy for him that he got to experience that again. Uh, but <laughs> plenty to talk about. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, actually. It was a big weekend uh, for a team that is very so busy. far out of contention, Brendan. This was a jam-packed weekend. And we continue to see the same trend that we talked about on the last episode and that has kind of been pacing this team for a little while now. Their starting pitching is good. It has been, we mentioned in the last episode that since the All-Star break in this second half, it was the third best ERA in all of baseball. And you saw it this weekend. I mean, like Javier Assad struggled at the beginning of his outing on Sunday, uh, you know, and only goes two innings as a result. But Stroman, Wesneski, continuing this trend. And for Assad, he was sort of due for one of these, right? So I think it's okay. He was. You get reinforcements coming back with Alzelize. So the pitching is trending up and you're getting performances from guys that might have been unexpected with the Adrian Sampsons. And then you get guys that you do expect to be well pitching well, like Wesneski. And then in my mind, Alzelize's ceiling is so high, but the injuries and all the concerns there kind of damper those expectations. But if he's healthy, he could be another guy as well. So it was good to see Corey. Yeah, so we are going to talk Stroman, Wisniewski, Alzali, uh, maybe a little Jan Gomes who had a big day on Sunday and has quietly been pretty good uh, for— uh, Which could be significant could for be this significant, offseason. Yes, for a good while yeah. now. I want to get two housekeeping notes uh, out of the way first, uh, and the first is to update on Nico Horner. Uh, the MRI <sighs> results revealed uh, a mild to moderate strain, so something, but not the worst of some things. Now, I know it's not what you wanted to hear, Brendan, uh, and he, you know, they're saying he's day-to-day. I, like, David Ross had— This put him on. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Like, that, that's really here? what I was going to ask you. Like, David Ross had some quotes that if you didn't have the context— they're kind of alarming, but they don't need to be. Like the way he phrased this just was not uh, not aligning with then saying like, well, he'll he'll be out for a couple more days, right? Like he said, it's a little worse than we thought. The MRI showed a little He's bit more, me. you know, needing to be cautious. And like when I was reading those quotes, I'm like, wait a minute, was there like another update? And then it, it there wasn't another update. And, you know, it's like, no, we're going to play it day to day. He needs a couple more. So it's not good, but... It, you know, it's it's not some major thing, hopefully. And I'm with you. Like, I would just shut him down. I don't even know why we're talking about this. I mean, I knew this would happen. Like, not to be, like, you know, negative over here, but three days of not playing. Yeah. And you get the MRI, which I, which I understand you do. You want to wait till it goes away. And then, of course, it comes back being worse than your expectations. So this is exactly how I thought it would play out. And I kind of wish we just did not even have him, like, throw or test yeah. it. Just, like, 
like I'm no, I'm no medical professional, but it's just so frustrating. You are a doctor. To hear this happen. I, I am a doctor. Maybe not for like triceps injuries, but for other stupid stuff, sure. Right. Um, yeah, this is like classic Rizzo with the back, right? With this team, you it know, is. like he's out well, for let's hope eight that days, Rizzo, you know, like. Well, let's hope that his triceps injury is not like Rizzo's back because that will just like ruin my life. So Yes. Hopefully just I, I meant in the way the Cubs are handling it. Um, no, yeah. You know, he'll, he'll be out for nine days and then they won't IL him. No you know, and it's side. Right. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, like Nico's a gamer, right? And I think Ross talked about this too. You saw him in the dugout. He's got his glove on. He's out there trying to do whatever he can. He wants to play, right? As you have said before, Brendan, Nico is baseball. Like he wants to play baseball. So I mean, look at him. Yeah, and like if his attitude, I think, would be, well, if I have to throw with my left arm, I'll do that, right? Like, you know, put me, put me out there, coach. Like I'll figure it out. Um, I mean, there are there are guys who just kind of breathe baseball. Like Javi was one of those guys, and Nico yeah, is as well. Yeah, they need to be out there. It kills him to not be yeah, out there. So sure. I get that. But we are deep into this season. You, me, Luke, Cody, Ryan, Jared, David Ross, the beat, every other beat writer, everybody has already. I love how you loop Dave. I love how you loop David Ross with like us yeah, on CHGO. The CHGO team, the manager of the Cubs. <laughs> yeah. We're all, you know, we're all in this together. All, we are. Like ev- all of us have said, we've seen what we needed to see. And he exceeded right. every expectation and wish list that you possibly could have had for him. Just shut him down. Like I, 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 I'm sure he and everybody would prefer he be able to finish on a you know perfectly high note, get through all you know 162. Um, you know, I mean, he's missed a little time earlier than this, but you know, go mm-hmm. go from beginning to end, like make it to the end of the year, play that last game of the season. It would be great. He's dealing with something. Just call call yeah. it a season. It was a phenomenal one, and let him heal up for next year. I agree. I honestly, um, this is a, a genuine statement here. If any listener is like a medical doctor, I, I really want to know why you don't get an MRI after just like one day of seeing if it calms down. Like I've had in- injuries in the past where I don't wait more than like two days because the doctor tells me, go get it checked out. I'm like, all right, I got the MRI the next day. Like if if this is like, what am I missing? Yeah. Like, why would it take well, three it all, days to do You and to do I this? have probably talked about this a million times, but it always reminds me yeah. of the Ben Zobrist wrist situation in, Ugh. what was that, 2018? 2018 yeah, or 2019? Yeah. Um, One of those years. Where, you know, his production plummeted for a long time after he clearly had something happen with his wrist. I don't remember if he got hit or what. Um, I try to block out most of the 2018 or 20 which i which i do successfully except when i bring it up to you yeah um like right now and you know then like after a long time of him saying he was in pain and like whatever then he gets like the tests and goes on the ion it's like why didn't you just do this like the day of don't you have this technology anyway Right. I appreciate, I know. you know, he wants to get back out there. You're going to explore this. And I'm going to talk about a guy in a second that, you know, it, I understand why you sort of work through this to maybe get somebody back. But he's a huge piece for the future. He has had a phenomenal year. I think we can call it a day. I, I, ju- I just don't I, see I so. any need to risk this. Un- and I'm not even saying shut him down for the rest of the season. Like, I just, I wish, again, I, I feel uncomfortable saying all this because I really don't know, but like, I wish 
whatever mechanism could have been put in place where you get the standard sure. of care earlier, I wish I mean, that happened. I, I, so whatever I, I, that involves. I'm saying shut him down for the season. There's two weeks left, Brendan. What does he need oh, to no, get no, back no, out there for? He needs to heal well, I mean, a tricep like, strain and then yeah. get back out there to play the Reds at I the mean, end I of the year. Who him, cares? Like, like maybe one or, like one or two more games just for Fine. me, Corey. That's it. One but I'm, you know what I mean? It's just like, just heal up, dude. Like, it's it's cool. Like, I, yeah, it's right. fine. Uh, the other housekeeping note I, I saw from our guy Ryan Herrera on Twitter. You can follow him, and you should be following him, at Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera. Uh, Keegan Thompson back in Chicago today. That was earlier on Sunday following his rehab start with AAA Iowa on Friday where he went two and a third, allowed one run, one hit, one walk, and three strikeouts. Um, Ryan says that the Cubs have not given a date for Thompson's return, but David Ross said that it will be uh, soon. He'll be back there soon. So I do follow with that because, you know, he was another guy where when he was experiencing these injuries, you kind of had a similar thought where it was like, well, you know, he's had a big workload. He had a very good year. Like, maybe call it a year, right? Like, but if he can get yeah. back out there, get some more experience, work back from this injury, then great. So that's good news. Hopefully we see Keegan soon. Okay. Uh, those are the housekeeping notes. Those are important. I know Brendan is not going to sleep until Nico Horner is... I, you might have to get the x-rays to be... I, I would yeah, love that. Be, Can I be CC'd on these emails? Yeah, to be mentally cleared. I, I don't know what it would take, but yeah. yeah. I, I worry about you, but I, I do listen, as well. It avoided a worst case scenario, so we're gonna I'm we're gonna call you. that a win I, for now. I'm with you. Okay. Um, okay. Let's. I, I'm gonna run through these box scores real quick because the Cubs didn't score many runs, uh, and I want to talk about these pitchers. So, okay. Friday. Two to one, the Cubs do win this one. Marcus Stroman was phenomenal. He carried a no hitter uh, through a large portion of this start. Um, seven innings, three hits, one run, two walks, and five strikeouts. The lone run that he gives up is a home run that breaks up the no hitter. It was Ryan McMahon in the sixth inning. Uh, that was it that he allowed. Just a brilliant start from Marcus Stroman. Uh, the two walks, five strikeouts. 3.76 ERA in the season. We'll we'll spend some more time on him, but he was absolutely brilliant on Friday afternoon. A a vintage Marcus Stroman start. Uh, the Cubs mm-hmm. got their two runs to win this game. Ian Happ single and a Zach McKinstry homer. So McKinstry continues to play well. Did he play well enough in this span to make an impact for next year? Things like yeah, that. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see how the Cubs feel about that. But he's definitely turned it on from where he began with the Cubs here. Uh, Saturday, it was a 3-1 to one loss for the Cubs, but the story was Hayden Wisniewski. That'll be the first thing we talk about uh, when I finish rambling here. Seven innings, three hits, one run, no walks, and seven strikeouts in your first major league start. Brendan, giddy up. Uh, yeah, we I know. Will, so good. We will so dive good. into that, I can assure you. Big time. PJ Higgins uh, with an RBI single. That was the lone run for the Cubs. And the bullpen behind Hayden Wisniewski was Adbert Alzali, who had a dazzling first inning to start his return to uh, Major League Baseball, striking out three, uh, striking out the side. And doing it in a very surprising way. Yes. So we'll get into that a, as a well. A little uh, a pitch mix tease from Brendan. I know. Yes. Very um, much so. His second inning, when he went back out there, not so good. Uh, two innings overall, two hits, two runs, 
one walk and five strikeouts. So the the hits, the walk, the runs all coming in that second inning of work. So I think very important to note. Uh, also, Wisniewski did that on 88 pitches. Sunday, it was a 4-3 to three loss. Jan Gomes did all he could to try to win this game for the Cubs. He had an RBI single in the third and his eighth homer of the year in the sixth, but that was it for the Cubs offense. Nobody but Jan participating in this one. As I mentioned, a rough one for Javier Assad, but he, you know, had maybe kind of been due for, for a clunker here and there. Two innings, two hits, four runs, four walks, three strikeouts, one home run. Still a 3.86 ERA on the season for Assad. Uh, so overall, the, the body of work that he's put out there has been good. Uh, the bullpen behind him did a very nice job. No runs and a lot of strikeouts from Michael Rucker, Eric Yeoman, Mark Leiter Jr., Manny Rodriguez, and Rowan Wick. Uh, Rucker, an inning, no runs, three strikeouts. Yeoman, two innings, no runs, four strikeouts. Uh, no walks for Yeoman. Leiter Jr., two innings, no hits, no runs, one walk, two strikeouts clean uh, zeros across the board for Manny Rodriguez and two strikeouts and a walk for Rowan Wick to finish this one out. So Brendan, I'm going to turn it to you. I want to talk about Hayden Wisniewski. Talk to me about what you saw in this game and then we can kind of get to how we feel about it afterward. But talk to me about what did he do? We had seen him in relief. I know uh, you and Ryan wrote a great piece over at allchgo.com talking to well ryan wrote it you assisted i want to give ryan Uh, the bulk of the credit not well ryan ryan put the bulk but i wrote several several paragraphs well so i was typing with my fingers ryan herrera featuring brendan miller we'll go with that ryan ryan's driving this this card here um but you guys spoke to hayden you spoke to daniel moscos about how nasty his slider is but also how to build out that reputation reputation repertoire Repertoire. and and reputation too beyond just his filthy nasty slider so very good article over at allchgo.com if you check that out um what did we see here from hayden wisniewski yeah, the, the biggest difference from when he was pitching out of the bullpen versus that start was pitch usage. So out of the bullpen, he was throwing a slider and cutter over 50% of the time. So that those that was his dominant way of attacking hitters. So when Ryan was talking with Wisniewski and uh, Daniel Moskos about maybe the intention of Wisniewski pitching backwards... That was in the forefront of like, you know, Ryan's mind and my mind. And so when he was talking to Moscow, I was like, hey, is this going to be something that's going to continue? And same question was posed to uh, uh, Hayden. And Hayden said that the Cubs want him to throw his best pitch most of the time, which means like your slider most of the time. But it's going to be dependent on the matchups, which is what... Moscow leaned into in several words. So Moscow said, quote, I think he's got enough weapons that he can attack a lineup given what the lineup strengths and weaknesses are. He's still going to pitch to his strengths the majority of the time, but I think he's just got good enough command and enough weapons to be like, okay, this is a lineup that handles a four seam. Maybe he can live off the sinker a little bit more, or this is the lineup that handles the sinker. I can live off the four seam, or this is a lineup that doesn't chase the slider as much. So I'll use that early and then try to finish hard, end quote. So that seems to be what the previous two matchups were like for Hayden, where he started off 
with the breaking pitch early, and then he finished hard. This one was different. So he threw a four-seam uh, the majority of the time, and he threw 88 pitches. 31 of those were four-seam fastballs. He did throw a lot of sliders, just not as his dominant pitch as we saw previously, and he threw a slider 27 times out of 88. He threw more sinkers. He threw 15 sinkers. So in combination, the four-seam and sinker was thrown uh, over 50% of the time. So this was a fastball-heavy start. Still threw a lot of change, uh, a lot of uh, cutters, a lot of sliders. He did show more changeups. He threw seven changeups, even got uh, three swings and one whiff on that pitch. But this was a more balanced repertoire, and I think the matchup dictated that type of sequencing and is still encouraging that out of a starting role, while he did lead with the fastball, still threw 27 sliders, and he still commanded that really well and still got five whiffs on that pitch. So how he pitched in his first start is like, in in my mind, early on in his career, the ideal pitch mix. A lot of hard-breaking stuff, commanded well, sprinkle in a few change-ups, still work on that pitch. The ability to go cutter into lefties if you need to, change-up away from lefties if you need to, that can mitigate the platoon splits is huge for his development. Yeah, and I like to quote from uh, our guy Jared Willis. Uh, he was there covering uh, the team on Saturday for uh, allchgo.com, and he he wrote an article about Hayden's start, and one of the quotes that he had was, I, I think that's just the best chance you have of staying here longest, filling the strike zone. And we saw that, mm-hmm. right? Seven strikeouts, no walks. And I think, you know, especially for a young pitcher to have that attitude, and he, he continued on when he was, you know, speaking to the media that, you know, that's the key to succeeding when you don't have your best stuff or your command isn't as sharp or your, you know, the break on your pitches isn't as sharp. You have to throw strikes. You have to be able to be in the zone, be competitive and let hitters make outs. Because as Hayden pointed out, he's like, I know my stuff is good. It's nasty. So like, as long as I'm throwing it near the zone, even if it's not my best command or stuff, Mm -hmm. I, I, I have to trust that I'm still going to get outs. And you saw that on Saturday. So I, I love that attitude. I love hearing that from a young pitcher, especially. Um, this was fantastic, Brendan. I mean, the Rockies stink, but this was... It doesn't matter, man. This was a, a really, really strong impression to make. Um, and he also, I think we've talked about this when he's pitched in relief, but he has, you know, we, the, the Cubs have some guys like this. It's, it's nice. Like the psycho attitude that like swagger. He's like, he's like <laughs> strutting yeah. off the mound. He looks like pissed when he, he, even when he's striking guys out, he's like almost insulted that guys are offering at his pitches. I know. Right. So I, I, it's I, got like a baby Max Scherzer attitude. Kind yeah, of. I do. I, I do like that. Um, I, and I think I've said this before, like I also find great enjoyment and humor out of Kyle Hendricks just no selling all of this right emotionless <laughs> right just whatever yeah okay yeah, cool the contrast yeah I love that too but you know my my guy's John Lester who can be you know he was animated out there so I like a little bit he of was. attitude a little bit of swagger like that whole thing going on so some some snot rockets here and well there, right you know they they don't have to do that's that just your but thing. yeah that's that's John's okay. thing but this was a brilliant start, and I'm I'm not sure what their plan for him is going to be. Obviously, you only have a, a couple weeks here of the season left, so whatever you see, it's it's still going to be a small sample. Uh, but the way that he has come in here, and 
accepted the roles that the Cubs have asked of him, you know, coming in long relief, now getting the opportunity to make the start, uh, and adjusting from that second outing, right? Like where it, it wasn't as uh, perfect as that first outing, right? Um, you know, giving up the home runs and, and things like that, like coming back from that and dominating uh, a lineup for seven yeah. innings, 88 pitches. I mean, he was efficient through this outing too, racking up the strikeouts. I mean, I don't know what more you possibly could have wanted to see out of him. I mean, a complete game shutout, maybe yeah, a perfect right, game right. here or there. So, you know, baby steps with him. Um, but let's take a, a quick break here from our sponsor, Points Bet, then we'll get back into pitching. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out on your live second-half over bet. With PointsBet, you have access to to bet more live football markets than ever before. You can build the perfect live same-game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. Choose the outcome of that next drive and next points with PointsBet Lightning Bets. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Our next partner, you guys have heard, Luke and I talk about this for several months. We've been on this. It's called Athletic Greens. I started taking this because, you know, I may need to go back up Nico one of these days at shortstop. But specifically, I wanted to get my day started on the right note, and this is a good way of doing it. I've been on this for several months now, and this Athletic Greens AG1, it doesn't taste super healthy. It's this mild... Uh, tropical taste if you're into that. And I look forward to having it in the morning. So what actually is this stuff? In one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing five, 75, not five, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. I get a noticeable boost of energy when I take it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, or dairy-free, you're all good to go with AG1. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for just less than three bucks a day. It's recommended by professional athletes and has more than 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash chgocubs. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash chgocubs to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Brendan. So sticking with Wisniewski, where are you on... What do you want to see from him? You know, you're, I mean, you're obviously now very familiar with his pitch mix and I what am. he's doing yeah. and what he's thinking and all of this stuff. 
like what do you want to see from him the rest of the year and where we you and I talked pretty in depth about like the rotation and options and things like that we've looked at potential free agents this that and the other like what do you expect from him next year you and I noted that it's a it's a, it could potentially be a pretty crowded group especially if they go out and make mm-hmm. high profile additions to the rotation or you know whatever they decide to do what do you what do you want to see from him in these last couple weeks whether it's coming in long relief or getting any more starts if that's what they decide to do and like how does because I think where this question comes from is I think a lot of people are going to watch a guy's first big league start and go cool why wouldn't he be in the rotation next year you know yeah so what how how would you respond to that it's it's a it's volume of quality pitchers and then you let it work its way out seven eight months from now so how much information you can take out for the next two and a half weeks which might be split up into four outings five outings the sample is going to be small nonetheless like whether you want to extrapolate all from those samples is up to your opinion as a fan but i think ultimately not much is going to be learned like significantly in a way that's going to alter the offseason plans. You're going to learn stuff, don't get me wrong, but is that going to be enough to say, all right, we're not going to go out and get this pitcher because we're going to lock in that four spot for Wisniewski? I'd be surprised if that happens. Like What I want to actually see from him is the ability to command that slider with consistency, which he's been doing in his multiple outings here with the Cubs. Like, I want to see that continue because that's his money pitch. I mean, Hayden said to us that that's like his pitch. The Cubs like it. It's his best pitch. He wants to throw it as much as he can. So my thinking is, all right, well, if you're going to do that, let's make sure that command is on point. And he and Moscow have been working on mechanisms over the years to ensure that the command is going to be somewhat competitive when it is not on. And that's what I'm personally looking at. Like when he's missing with the slider, how bad are those misses? Are they still competitive misses? And then the second uh, thing I'll be looking for is his changeup. There is a great quote from Wisniewski and it kind of points to um, his attitude, which I really love. Uh, but he basically, he he said he can read this, he can, by the way, he can read all these quotes on uh, allcsgo.com. But Hayden told us that when his changeup is on, then he's dominant like that. He used the word, he used the word dominant. Um, so I'll be looking for that. How often will he be throwing his changeup? I saw it thrown seven times in his start, almost 10% of the time. That's encouraging. That's, that's a lot for his fifth pitch type. So whether it's out of the bullpen or out of the, out of like a rotation, uh, my hope is he stays out of the rotation because he has all these pitch types. And when he does stay out of the rotation, when I say out, like actually pitching every fifth day, um, I hope we see more change-ups because it sounds as if in his mind, when that change-up is going to be on, that he's going to be a dominant starting pitcher. And I like that confidence. I think it's going to validate his thinking more. And when that change-up is on with with his other pitches working, like the slider command and the usage and the frequency of that, then by spring training next season, we'll see how the other guys match up. We'll see how and whom the Cubs end up signing or trading for. But Wisniewski is is really high on my priority list to give as many chances as possible. But but that can change. And then one last thought, I'll turn it back to you, Corey, is 
he may have growing pains, as we talked about. He may be susceptible to home runs because his four seam is not your traditional like rising four seam. And so he may have to rely on commanding cutters exceptionally well. So that's also one area to look for is how does a four seam play? Because right now it's not rating that well. And the back of my mind has like the potential for elevated homers, which could be bad, but I think there's ways to to mitigate that and make it not as dramatically bad. And I think he could be ultimately really successful despite that. Yeah, they've got a lot of decisions to make, but these are good decisions to make, you know, deciding what roles you want guys to play, what they're best suited for, right? We're going to talk about Azalei in a second, and he fits into that group just the same, right? But to even talk about Steele, Keegan... And now Wisniewski, like three yeah. young guys. How refreshing it's is great. this? This is, it's never happened in our fandom, Corey. Like ever, these young trio of guys doing this. Maybe Pryor and Wood and Big Z back then, but like th- this, this is like the modern version. It's so nice to talk about. Well, that well, I let's see if they live up. Don't to don't that. say it. Don't well, say let's it. Let's see if don't they live it. up to that. The three names you listed from our early childhood were quite good when they were out there. so Yeah, I'm not comparing. I'm saying it's the last time yes. we talked about pitchers right, of that age right. group. Yes. Um, I don't want to talk about Mark Breyer. <laughs> neither yeah, neither sad, do so I. Just keep going. Um, <laughs> but I think for me, if I were, if I were guessing, uh, I would not be surprised to see something similar to the way that like Thompson and Steele were introduced. Uh, kind mm-hmm. of is what we see from Wisniewski next year. Uh, kind of you know, again, like, I don't know what this roster is going to look like. I don't know how confident they're going to be to hand him a spot or a place in the rotation. Like, I I don't know. That's impossible to answer without knowing if they're trading for people, signing people, things like that. Yeah. But I I would not be surprised to see him find himself at some point, you know, on the big league team in long relief. And then I would assume, be it injuries, performance, et cetera, the opportunity opens up for him to start just like we saw with Steele and Thompson and eventually he just sort of gets massaged into Locked that in. role yeah that that's that's sort of why I would yeah. what I would expect what that exact timeline looks like I I don't know um and you know that's why I asked you the question because I think there are going to be some people who say what what do you, what are, what is there even a discussion for you saw what he did on Saturday what why wouldn't he be on the team to start that's actually a, that's actually a you fair argument I mean? though I think there's I think I think those thoughts can be validated it's not to say that the way the Cubs are going about doing this was like starting a bullpen role like who knows that's the best way mm-hmm. of doing it it seems to be the best way to mitigate the risk yeah. in the bulk sum of the rotation as a whole independent from Wisniewski himself right I, I think I think that part would depend on we all saw what he did on Saturday we saw what he did in his debut we know what he's capable of clearly yeah just depends on how confident you are. If you're trying to be competitive next year, you'd have to be quite confident that he's going to just slide right in there and be able to make all these adjustments in his first full year uh, in the majors and that you're not going to go out and, you know, get that rotation, assure right. insurance, things like that. And maybe they do because it, if you're you know? Th- if you're th- yeah, if you're thinking about it, let's say, let's say you want Wisniewski locked in to that rotation next year. The question is, well, do you want Keegan and Justin right. locked in? Because I, I imagine you spaces. probably do. Yeah, so that's, those are three spaces. Strowman's four. Kyle will be probably somewhat healthy. That should be five, right? So you're, you, there's not many spaces left, Corey. Yeah, and like, look, like I'm. If if you're 
I I would be fine, you know, if you wanted to say, okay, well, we're going to bump Wesneski above guys like Assad and Samson. Like, yeah, cool. Like, he has a way higher ceiling than those guys. Those guys yeah, have well, been they, they, serviceable, should. but, like, you're not holding rotation spots for them. Like, duh. But right. I, I I understand, you know, he's, he's uh, a very interesting prospect. He's young, and you want to go about this the right way. And maybe they ultimately decide that. All I'm saying is, is if I'm guessing, it's not right away. I I would not bet that he has a rotation spot to start next year. No, I, I and that I, he I don't sort of so. at some point kind of finds his way into that when they deem it appropriate, and you know he's yeah. made adjustments and and things like that. But I mean, even the fact that we're having this conversation, right? It's like, that's my it's, point. Yeah, it's, like, it's, nice. it's very it's exciting. You saw what he can do, like. Yeah. So if yeah. you wanted to give it a shot, like go get a really strong number one, and then you can do whatever you want in the back end right. of the rotation, right? Like I don't care. Well, at that like point. in in a, in a vacuum, when you don't consider the the Cubs pitching staff at all, like Wesnesky should be given starting pitching right. chances, but that's not real because you do have Steele and Thompson. You do have to consider Kyle's problems, and if you want to go out and get more stability in a a trade or a free agent signing. So you have to consider right. all of that and maximize the Cubs pitching value. And, and there are some uncomfortable decisions you yeah. may have to make. So let's talk about ILSLI real quick. Um, yeah. well, obviously, first inning was great, what you want to see. Second inning was not. But, you know, he's coming back from a, a long injury, uh, getting out there, you know, for the first time this year. Um I didn't really care about that. I kind of seemed like to be expected, right? You're, what, the runs? Well, just the second inning not going as yeah, well as I'm the with first, you. right? You have that adrenaline, yeah. you're back at, at Wrigley Field, the emotion of, you know, making it back from an injury and, you know, finally paying off that whole rehab process, you know, it it wears off, right, after that, that first inning and you're kind of back to earth and you have to re-assimilate yourself to facing major league hitters. So I didn't really care about that, but I know you mentioned that he went about things in an interesting way. Um, yeah. And, you know, just generally, you know, now he's back. We, we did kind of get to the finish line of this process, which we were wondering if it would happen. Uh, you know, and also, kind of in that same context like where do you what do you want to see from him in these last couple weeks and where do you think he fits in in the the pitching staff plans for next year I'm just happy he pitched this season Uh, there was a point where I'm like is he ever going to come back so the fact that he's pitching at Wrigley is huge for me uh he did Ryan did talk with Moskos about Adbear and Ryan wrote about uh Adbear on com. but there was a chunk of text that uh, Ryan left in his transcripts when he was talking about uh, Hayden Wisniewski. So I do want to read this chunk of text. I got Ryan's permission to do it. Um, I'm not sure if he'll, he'll publish this, but this is what Moscow's told Ryan. Quote, Adber had a little bigger issue with splits. I think the addition of a cutter for Adber was really, really big. I know that at some point there will probably be an objective to maybe add a curveball or something like that. But for now, for us, we just want to see Adber healthy and get him back up here and get him rolling before we really focus too much on that, end quote. Okay, so two big points from that quote that I want to highlight. The first is that the recognition of platoon splits and the addition of a curveball. Like that's an objective. 
maybe adding a curveball or something like that. That was the quote. The second area that I want to highlight is getting Adbert back and just getting him going, regardless of focusing on pitch types or sequencing or any of that. Those are the two takeaways from that quote. Corey, this this was a this is an interesting outing because he came back and he was he he did not throw what he typically throws. Uh, like he was a sinker slider guy last year. He threw those two pitches um, almost seventy percent of the time. Corey, a sinker and slider. When he came back from his rehab in this in his recent outing, he only threw a sinker twice. He didn't throw any sliders. Like. Like what? Like like what he threw was twenty one four seams and ten curveballs. And so my thinking was were were those curveballs like sliders and misclassified? The slider last year averaged ninety six miles per hour. The curveball in that outing when he came back against the Rockies averaged uh, just under eighty three. So it's, it's a big velocity difference, and the break was also very different. And in fact, the curveball movement numbers were different from his curveball movement numbers when he debuted with the Cubs because he used to be a four seam curveball guy. So this is like, I don't know what to think about this because Moscow said he used to want to get Adbert back up, and maybe at some point we'll add that curveball maybe as an objective later on, but he just came up and he just threw a curveball as his mostly used secondary pitch while also going back to the four seam. So not only am I happy to see Adbert back, now I'm like extremely curious why he's throwing a four seam and curveball and not throwing sinkers or sliders at all. And he threw six cutters too, by the way. So this is really surprising to me. Yeah, that that was that was very interesting. I mean, obviously I don't pick up on yeah. that stuff uh, as quickly as you do. I'm not obsessed like you are. I want um, problems. I already told right. you this. The athletic greens are helping, but they can't cure <laughs> everything that's wrong with you. Maybe in a year. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I like this role for him. Um, and you know, we've talked about yeah, like so David Ross using a lot of guys from multiple innings. It happened over the weekend too with several of these guys, and I, I think that's that's hopefully the ideal spot for Adbear. But I, I think the important thing for me with his return. And like you said, was one, just him getting back out there. It's just good to see. Uh, he's an easy guy to root for and he's, you know, dealt with this injury. But also like I was just noting that first inning, right? Came back, struck out the side. He ended mm-hmm. up with five strikeouts in the two innings. That's what I wanted to see, right? He, We knew when, he, you know, last year and coming back, we, we knew he had stuff to adjust and work through. That didn't go away because he was hurt, right? So that process is still ongoing, and he'll hopefully get some more opportunities to do that as the year goes on, and maybe this change, you know, this drastic change in pitch mix is is part of that and getting more data points and, and things like that. But the ability to have a guy that can get those strikeouts, get those whiffs, and maybe be that kind of power weapon out of the bullpen I'm very intrigued by, and especially yeah, so piggybacking Wisniewski, who you immediately go, okay, yeah, this is the starter, right? Like, there's no question about this. This guy is a starter going forward, you know, whenever he slots into the rotation, we'll see, but that's that's his role. You can see it, right? It's obvious. Alzali, I know, you know, we've gone back and forth over this over time, I think especially coming back from injury and, and all of that. This is the role I like for him, and to be honest with you, I I've said that I, I said this before when it was Wade Miley and Hayden Wisniewski, but I'm 
I was also intrigued on Saturday with Snesky Alzali. Like I, you know, I I would not be surprised it, it nice, if that right? is not you know the not the last time we see a game that is only pitched by those two gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The like adverse stuff is really good. Like his slider rated really well last year. Um, the dip, the reason that he's not maybe in that immediate starting discussion is obviously because of the uh, because of the injuries but even if the injuries weren't a problem Hayden's pitch mix and repertoire is already more advanced like he already has the cutter down whereas Adver's still working on that cutter uh Hayden's changeup is more advanced than let's say Adver's changeup so he's already a step above in that development process which by default should promote him into more of that fifth starting potential guy more than Adver and then separately from that Adber being able to max out and let's say face a heavy righty part of the order, two innings, three innings. He does get a cutter down pat. Maybe he can go through in order once or twice fully through. That is so valuable. And if that is his role, you saw Ross talk about this earlier in the year with lengthening uh, your bullpen. That's so valuable, Corey. And I feel as if because Alzali has more problems to be concerned about with the injuries and the stamina and the pitch mix. It seems to me just kind of keeping him in that role and using him as an emergency starter makes way more sense than trying to trying to force the issue of making him into a starting yeah, pitcher. Absolutely. Point. So uh, before we, we do our uh, last ad break here, I just, just finishing yeah. this conversation, uh, we'll talk about Stroman when we come back and, and Jan Gomes, but um, just on these guys, like I know that at times, like, it has been certainly frustrating with parts of the pitching staff, especially the bullpen, especially after they trade their top four guys in the bullpen, although one of those trades resulted in Hayden Wisniewski. So, you know, I think that's that's pretty chill. Um, the other trades were good too, but that one in particular looks great at the moment. Um, but I think y- you you maybe don't have a lot of, like, sure answers meaning like okay I know exactly what this guy's role is here's what it is for 2023 check it off it's perfect this is what I'm expecting but you got like I do think that as we wind down here this year was rather productive Brendan you have seen a lot of some of these guys and like I know that guys like Michael Rucker or Mark Leiter Jr. don't like really excite people but you need beyond you need yes, guys like and, that and by even the way. if they're they're <laughs> bouncing back between even if they end up in in the Justin Grimm role right to name drop someone who I I don't know the last time I said him uh on these airwaves like hey he had a nice double play in the world yes, series there. but he at, at a point was on a bus to and from Iowa right from Chicago every, every other day yeah and so mm. I I'm not like I'm not saying that that's fun for these guys, but you need guys who fill out this depth, who fill in those mop up roles in a bullpen, the 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 back end roles of a bullpen, the higher levels of your minor league system for when guys get hurt or you have a double header or things like that. And I don't know. The Cubs are going to have a ton of decisions, as we've already said. Who's in the rotation? Who's in the bullpen? Who needs to be in AAA so that they can be starting every fifth day? Right. I don't know, but they have gotten a, a, they have used this time, I think, 
fairly wisely and they have a lot of information yeah. on these guys some very exciting the Wisneskis the Steels the Thompsons of the world some maybe not so exciting there you know I don't know if anybody's going to buy a Michael Rucker jersey but this is a a big sample this is useful information as the Cubs go forward and yeah. build their roster not just at the major league level but a whole depth of the pitching staff yeah well, I'm looking forward to talking about this during the offseason because there are so many ways they can go about doing this and orchestrating their rotation and bullpen. Like that's gonna that's gonna take up so much discussion this offseason, which is gonna be fun. Last offseason was first off, there was no offseason, so we had we had a lockout. Uh, but it was more like, all right, so how bad are the Cubs gonna be? Are they even gonna sign anyone? This one's like, what do you do with your current guys? And what do you do from trading? current prospects to bolster this existing foundation. It's, it's an entirely different conversation because they did make some valuable use of this losing season, Corey, but that's for a, a different day of discussion. All right. So quick break here from our sponsor, Pins and Aces. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces and get tons of compliments on and off the course. They are a family owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold there the entire 18 holes. Check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. All right, Brendan. So let's talk Marcus Stroman real quick. I I just think we would be, you know, we know the deal with Marcus, but we would be remiss not to gush a little bit over that outing on Friday. Brilliant. I, I, obviously, I want guys to throw no hitters, but like that was one where you're like, I really want this. Like, I want him to do this. I, know, I, was, I was disappointed. At, at Wrigley Field, a Friday afternoon game. Like, he, you know, he, they were wearing the City Connects. Just everything about I it know, felt the energy like, was high. I, I love yeah. this visual. I love this for Marcus. I want this. <laughs> Didn't happen. It's fine. Didn't happen. 3.76 ERA in the season, 3.85 FIP uh, in almost 120 innings. Uh, but the real number. Uh, since he came back from that shoulder soreness injury in early July, 2.74 ERA, 72.1 innings pitched, um, and a near 57% ground ball rate. Awesome. Awesome. I I mean, obviously, you can't remove the bad starts. You can't remove... Yeah, you can. Just don't don't think about it. Uh, fine. We will <laughs> ignore them. Okay. Like, yeah. you want to see him finish out this year. You want to see him continue to pitch like that. But that's, that's the guy, right? That's the guy that you thought you were signing. That's the guy that he has been. That's the guy who you, me, and I, I, I know Cody for sure, like have been trying to tell people, like, especially early in the year, like I know he had that one bad start, like in the rain, maybe against Atlanta, uh and mm-hmm. like we're like guys calm down like he's really good he's been really good like don't overreact on this and he is yeah, making us look good for the very easy task of of defending him right yeah. uh early on not against sure. too many people but you know there was some some doubters in in april or whatever just really good and if this is who he can be and who he is next year 
you go and get another top of the rotation guy. You have the guys we've been talking about. Joey Otani. Right. Carlos Rodon, maybe. Yeah. This is them, yeah. this has the the very easy potential to be a strong rotation. Oh, for sure. I I probably will be, you know, talking about this a, a lot throughout the, the next few months with Strowman. But the cool thing about his success recently is he's kind of going back to the foundation. And I, we did talk about this in the previous couple of episodes, but early on the Cubs experimented with maybe trying to get more value out of his four-seamer. It didn't work for Stroman. It happens. Uh, he was throwing a four-seamer 20% of the time in May and June, and now he's throwing it uh, around 5 to 6% of the time over the last two months. He's throwing a sinker way more. Uh, he threw tons of sinkers in that Rockies outing, threw tons of sliders in that outing. I've always liked the ability for certain pitchers to go up in the zone to, with, with their sinker, go like in on the hands to righties. I think that's like fascinating to me. It just, it's like fun baseball to watch. Uh, he is doing that slightly more, which is, which is fun. That's kind of what Tommy Hadaby has been doing with so many of his pitchers is just elevating that sinker and using that as like uh, a mirror cutter to right-handed batters in on their wrist. So he did that like perfectly against the Rockies on uh on friday and so his entire pitch breakdown that day was um uh it was 85 pitches 47 were sinkers Corey, over half the time and then the other bulk of his pitches were sliders he threw 31 sliders so of his 88 80 i'm sorry 85 pitches of his 85 pitches uh 78 were sinkers or sliders he barely showed the splitter he barely showed the cutter he only threw one four seam fastball so he's going back right now this may be an exaggerated uh, example but he's going back to his roots his sinker which has the most seam shifted wake in major league baseball and going back to a slider which spins at nine o'clock like on uh, on a clock it's a great looking pitch and he's having success he also has a beautiful splitter i hope he kind of throws that more um as he's done in his career, and I'm sure he will, but he's a dynamic pitcher that can adjust from lineup to lineup. You can throw your cutter more if you want to lefties. Uh, but for him, this time was also valuable because perhaps the Cubs saw an area to experiment with and they were able to do that with Marcus because the season may not have been as dire as 2023 so this is really encouraging to see and I love pitchers that are just stable he's a stable anchor in this in this rotation I have zero concerns about him going well and imagine year. how good he'll be if he keeps up a 58 percent ground ball rate when the Cubs improve their defense oh next man year, which oh, I that Trey Turner <laughs> right. why well, so I was going to do counts. the same thing I was going to say uh Okay, so, um, you know, Carlos Rodon or Shohei Otani start game one of the World Series next year. Yeah. Stroh gets two, yep. Justin Steele three. Oh, hi, on Justin Steele. Who, what, who are, are you thinking? I'm down for that. Uh, I mean, Wisniewski. Maybe Wisniewski, Corey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in right. that mood right now. <laughs> well, and then you kind of have to would check the off days because they're, you know, it's they're winning in four, obviously. So, of course. And blow out you wins, could just go way. back no to the one if the, you know there's enough rest, or I guess you know maybe Kyle close out another World Series. That works for me. Yeah, let's do yeah. it again. Okay, that works for me too. We're, we yeah. have real problems, like Brendan. <laughs> you <time>. and I <laughs> have some real problems. Though I know that as we're uh, saying that, if if Cody's listening to this, he's going, "Yeah, hell yeah, right." 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. This sounds great. We're Makes all, sense to me. We're all sick in the head. But um, I finishing that before we touch on Jan Gomes and then we'll preview the series. Uh, I I do really like that. Brendan, like this is who Strowman is. This is he's he has a, yeah, a a fairly large career sample of being this kind of guy. You go and get another top of the rotation guy. You have them at the one two. Steel, I think, probably slots in as your three, just given the full body of work that we saw uh, this year. And then you just have it's exactly what we've been spending the last two episodes talking about. You have a ton of options. Ton of good yeah. options, good quality options that have shown you either they can deliver winnable quality starts semi-regularly at the major league level or guys that just have a ton of potential, right? And, you know, yeah. sometimes a little bit of both, right? Someone like Keegan Thompson. Um, it's great. I think, that, I think that sounds like a really strong rotation, especially for a team that is in this weird, you know, mess- PR messaging mix of whatever competitive means to you at any given time, right? So Don't even I, 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 that. I just think that there it, it is very easy for this team to put together a good rotation next year. It, it, it very few so steps. So when we're talking about how far away the next great Cubs team is, the rotation, it's it's right there. I think it's right there. So yes, it is. I do want to touch I on Jan so Gomes real quick. Um, as we know, Wilson still dealing with the injury, uh, not sure. If we're going to see him again this year, uh, you know, it's it's a tough thing. Obviously, you want that to, to heal up, same as some of these other guys. Um, but we know the situation with him. Cubs can choose to do the qualifying offer. Might he accept? Might he not? I don't know. The fact that he's missing so much time now, kind of something to keep in mind, maybe changing the calculus for him, for the Cubs, for potential free agent suitors. I don't know, right? But... Jan Gomes is important to talk about uh, because he is the one that is catching the majority of these games for the Chicago Cubs, and he has been a lot better, Brendan, uh, of late. Um, We know that he gets rave reviews as a clubhouse guy, as a game caller, catcher, pitch receiver, all of that. So, So many of the Cubs pitchers have gushed about his ability to do that, to analyze batters and call pitches, things like that. But Jan Gomes is here next year. The Cubs have him under contract next year. So the fact that his offense is showing a little more life, like we saw on Sunday where he drives in all three of the Cubs' runs, their their lone three runs, it's something to take note of and I think worth paying attention to. His last 30 games, uh, 94 at-bats, but a 298 average, 343 OBP, 489 slug, five homers, six walks to 13 strikeouts. In a, a league where a lot of teams use these defense glove first catchers that aren't the best hitters, right? That's a, a strong sample. And his overall numbers on the year are up to a 78 WRC plus. Do you want that as your starting catcher? I don't know how I'd feel about right. it, right? You know, he's also 35 years old, so the defense, you know, it, it can't last forever, right? But we have seen teams win the World Series with not the best, you know, hitting starting catchers or contributing catchers. One of those teams, Brendan, that did just mm. that. Who? Who? Do you want to know? Who? Ah, the, it was the 2016 know, yeah. Chicago Cubs. The they Cubs. had two guys World Series, right? that sort of yeah, fit this yeah. bill. Montero, David Ross, mostly the value there in their 
pitch receiving, their game calling, their framing. They rated very high on all those framing metrics. The back picks, the caught stealings, and of course, I, I think uh, both of them had some big hits in those playoffs. I, okay. I would have to rack my brain yeah. to think about uh, what they were, yeah. but I, I know David Ross and Miguel Montero had some big hits uh, in in that game seven too. If I right, remember. I yeah, I think it was that right, game. right, something yeah. like that. I don't know. A lot of people something. forget. You and I forget. <laughs> Somebody will remind us yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, think I so. hope everybody knows we're kidding. You know, we're with a, you know, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I do know what the hits were, uh, just for anybody who's who's not sure. Um, sarcasm is hard in podcasting, you know? Sometimes. Right? Um, yeah, Jan Gomes. Like, he feels yeah. like, I, it, look, it would be ideal to have a better hitting starting catcher playing the majority of the games, I, what do they? How do they feel about Wilson? I don't. I don't know. I, I can't answer that. I couldn't answer yeah, that three months ago. I can't answer it now. But I do think that Jan Gomes is a very quality part of a catching system on a competitive team, whatever that might look like. Yeah, he his situation's unique because as you laid out, he has the defense. But he's also getting older. Like, he's going to be, by this time next year, 36 years old. And so the hope is the Cubs will be a playoff contender. Do you want to rely on Gomes as even your 30 to 50% bulk playing time catcher? I'm not sure. I don't have a good feel on that. I have to think about that more. Uh, the overall offense, of course, is not the best, even though, as you pointed out, the 280 Woba, the 78 WRC+. Plus, that is trending up. The month of September is Woba is over 375. So that's just like very good in, in a large sample. So I, I get it. I will always default back to trying to limit the risk as much as possible. Um, while also, of course, considering that sometimes the risk might be worth it if the ceiling is significantly high, which kind of goes back to the Wisniewski discussion and the pitching rotation. So I'm into taking risk. On this one with the catching position, it's so... It's so important to have a quality defender, and I get that, but there's there's some part of me that is really hesitant about giving a 36-year-old, soon to be 36-year-old, um, you know, a significant role. I'm okay if there's backup options that make sense, um, but there's a little bit of hesitancy in that. I'm not sure that what Jan Gomes does for the next two and a half weeks will significantly change that for me. Oh, no question. Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, and again, we don't know what kind of budget they're working with. If if we went into a year with, let's say, Jan Gomes and PJ Higgins dominating your your catching stuff because... That can't happen for my brain. Because they spent a bunch of money elsewhere, third base, maybe short, maybe the outfield, the starting rotation... And that's just what the budget was, whether we like that they have a budget or not, right? The the sort of ever continuing conversation. I think I could like stomach it, right? Like, you know, the Astros had Martin Maldonado, like he doesn't hit anything for the most part. And, you know, they just, they, they build the talent elsewhere, right? And he works with the pitching staff. So like I could stomach it, but yes, I agree with you. It's very risky and, you know, 
I, I think there's probably a better path if we're looking at an ideal scenario. But I just wanted to make sure I feel like we don't talk about him a lot. And he's been better. I think it's fair. Yeah, he's been better offensively, had a, a very nice game on Sunday. Just wanted to make sure that we give Jan his due. Absolutely. Okay, so let's preview this upcoming three-game set in Miami. So the first game on Monday starts at 5.40 p.m. We have Edward Cabrera pitching for Miami, who is 5-3, and three, a 2.7 ERA. Wade Miley back out there for the Cubs, 1-0, a 2.89 ERA. As a preface, Miami has some very interesting pitchers. They're kind of going in the similar Cubs youth develop uh, route and it's, it's paying off so Cabrera will be interesting to watch if you're just in the pitching on Tuesday we have another interesting pitcher by the Marlins uh, Pablo Lopez who's 9 and 10 with a 3.99 ERA he'll be facing the Cubs Adrian Sampson is 2 and 5 with a 3.48 ERA that game starts at 540 Wednesday, Miami has not announced a starter, but Drew Smiley is announced for the Cubs. Smiley this season. Great numbers, 7-8, and eight, a 3.48 ERA. That game also starts at 540. And then the Cubs, after that game, will travel to Pittsburgh if you want to get the full picture here. Uh, but what I'm looking for this week is continuing the starting pitching, getting an update on Nico. Like, ugh. Like, please be okay. So that's kind of on the forefront of my mind. Uh, also updates on how Keegan's progressing uh, from that rehab outing. How do they use Alzali being back up? And then seeing like Agent uh, Sampson continue to succeed. And I don't know if Miley's relevant for next, or Smiley's relevant for next season or not. There's some confusing option stuff out there. But his success might be very valuable if the Cubs do ultimately uh, come to a... a, a a contract um, option agreement for ten million, so there is still potential relevance there. But for me, it's big features. One, how is Nico doing? How is Keegan progressing in his rehab? How is Wilson doing? And how will this entire bullpen continue to get innings? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, again, like just kind of seeing, watching guys continue to show us what they got. And, you know, we're at that point where there's not that much time left. So for some of these guys, uh, you know, I think especially on the offensive side, you know, we even mentioned like loosely someone like Zach McKinstry, right? Like, you know, this is kind of it to sort of show, um, you know, what they can do and, you know, give the the front office or whatever uh, some sort of information on, you know, is this someone we keep around in a, a kind of similar, we talked about some of these relievers, right? Someone that hops up between AAA and the majors, plays a role, fills right. out the bench, things like that. You know, the, these are those, those last kind of, uh, last kind of weeks for that. So I think that is what we have for you. As always, we appreciate your support of everything going on at CHGO and CHGO Cubs. Be sure to check out uh, the great work from Ryan and Brendan over at allchgo.com and then the stuff that Jared had as well from Wrigley Field this weekend when you sign up at allchgo.com. Don't forget to use that code CHGO when you sign up at PointsBet to get your two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Brendan and I will talk to you again soon after the Cubs finish up this series. And as always, go Cubs.